Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of WhoPod. On this podcast, we're going to be introducing you to two new people. Uh, the first person I'm going to mention is my co-host for the foreseeable future, and that is Joey Couture. Joey contacted me. This was an idea that he had before, but I uh, just hadn't had time to put it all together. So I was more than happy to bring Joey into the fold and really involve him in, in this in this journey. Um, he, he's a human of the top variety, and, and, and I was very um, happy to have him join this podcast. And, and I'm sure future podcasts uh, moving forward, he's got uh, a different point of view from me, which is perfect, exactly what I wanted. Um, and uh, this went really well. I was very, very happy and, and very pleased. So uh, second person that'll be on this podcast, who is our actual guest, her name is Tierlin Puxty. Now, Tierlin is also Australian. Uh, yeah, I know a theme, but uh, I promise the next one won't be Australian. <laughs> no disrespect to the other Aussies, but let's see some of the rest of the world for a bit first. Uh, uh, but Tierlin is an author. Uh, she does music on the side, and she runs a, uh, a performance school, uh, or she referred to it as a glee-type school. Uh, Tieran's incredibly talented, and uh, you're going to hear uh, through, actually at the beginning of this podcast, and as well as the end, uh, a couple of songs of hers. Uh, the beginning, you're going to hear a little bit of a tease of a song she has called Nintendo Love Song um, before our, you know we introduce her, and then it fades out. And at the very end, um, her favorite song, or my favorite song, sorry, of hers, called uh, Sweet Lullaby, I, I play in its full duration to to end the podcast out, and uh, she, I, I think she deserves more credit than she's given herself for her music, uh, but she really pr is promoting her uh, book, Broken Dolls, which you'll, you'll hear more about it throughout the podcast. Um, but yeah, this one was great. I absolutely loved it. I loved the addition of Joey. Uh, there may be some echoing, and that's on my, my end. I uh, unfortunately did not have my unidirectional mic doing the unidirectional thing, and it was picking up uh, some background noises. And I, I know what I need to do to fix that uh, moving forward. So anyways, uh, enough of the preamble. I hope you guys enjoy Hoopod number two, Tierlin Buxty. Intertwined. Our ocarinas echoed in a senseless world And then my vision would swirl I've traveled to the future and the past Just to be with you at last Did you know you're captivating Want me to be your princess Or even better, your damsel in distress Hello everyone and welcome to the second Hoopod Thank you for joining us again We've had a tremendous reception on the first one And... I think this one's going to do just as well. Today's guest, we didn't travel too far from from where we found our last guest. We found ourselves another Australian, believe it or not. And uh, let me just let her introduce herself. Everybody, let's meet Tierlin. Oh, hey. <laughs> I swear, it's like you have a phone to the future to be able to contact all these Australians. It, 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 it is in the future. You are in the future. That's the way this is. I know, right? And we do have hoverboards, but uh, they're just not what you think they are. They don't actually hover. It's a little bit disappointing. 
That's true. Joining us today will be my co-host uh, for the, foresee the foreseeable future. Joey, why don't you say hello to everybody? Hi, my name's Al Woods, and this is Bruiser Woods, and we're both Vegemite Gemini vegetarians. And I told I was trying to go with a joke there. I, I always usually do that. I'm never I'm never one hundred percent serious whenever I do a podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> That's okay. This is how this is gonna roll. This is how it's gonna be. All right. I like it. Um, all right, Tierlin. Um what what is it that you that did a how is it that you found Team Human and, and, and how were you drawn into the community? You've been very active uh, specifically recently, which has been amazing. Uh, so how did you find us, and, and what kind of human cred could we uh, could we see from you? Look, to be honest, I can't even remember how I found it. It was just one of those random Google searches. I was looking up Geek and Sundry, and I was just I was on holidays, and as you do, you spend a lot of time on the internet. And somehow I managed to stumble, uh, stumble across it, and I joined, and I went, oh, my goodness, this is a really cool community of people. I've made a lot of friends online. Um, and, yeah, I only joined, I think, around Christmas I remember my first post was uh, how my cat brought in one of those little smelly things that you put into your underwear drawer. You know, those little things. Yeah, she brought that as a Christmas present. And I think she stole it from someone, which is a little bit disconcerting. But um, once I posted that, because I was a little bit nervous, everyone was just so lovely. And yeah, it's just a great community. Um, yeah, and, and I just like to make people smile and laugh and dream and all that nonsense. <laughs> So I presume you found Geek and Sundry then by another means. Yeah, uh, I was always a big fan of Felicia Day about, what, probably 10 years ago or whatever it was when the Guild started. And wow, that's been that really, long. Yeah, I love the Guild. I'm obsessed. <laughs> but yeah, so that's definitely how um, I, I found it from there, from Felicia Day. Do you, have, do you have a Twitter for your cat? I'm thinking it's like at KleptoKitty. Oh, I'm gonna have to now. I'll tell you what, that's gonna be a new Twitter. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got we got Lady with Layers, we got Enrique the Deer. We might as well have Klepto Kitty. Okay, well, I'm starting that today because I got four <laughs> cats, so who knows? Maybe one set the other one up, knowing them. <laughs> Blackmail Kitty can't, would be can't. the next one. Yeah, I can't wait to be a mad old cat lady. <laughs> All right, Tierlin, uh what is it, uh, if you don't mind me diving a little bit into who you are, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do for a living, your scholastic statuses or parental situations, anything, city, country that you live in. I did let people know that it was Australia. Just your basic kind of info stuff that you would do if you're saying, hi, look at me, I'd like to entertain you. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay. Uh, well, let, let's let, let's start from the beginning then. I was raised by <laughs> I was raised by um, a single mum, so it was just her and I, and our lives were pretty much the Gilmore Girls. I kid you not. There are some episodes that I go, wow, they went into our life. It's a little bit weird. Um, so yeah, so it was just is my it mom like Laura Graham's your mom, and you're more like I can't remember the young girl's name. Rory, I am Rory. She, I have to sort of mother my mum sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, it's super weird. But, um, yeah, so we grew up in a small town just outside of Sydney. Uh, it's about 8,000 people and there's a lot of vicious kangaroos. <laughs> I kid you not, there's actually a really well-known story in our town where a woman was at home and there was a kangaroo on her lawn because that's normal. We get lots of kangaroos on our lawn. <laughs> As you do in she, Australia. As you do. The rumours are true. She opens up her front door. And the kangaroo punched her in the face. Oh my god! Bounced off. 
No. I kid you not, it was in the newspaper. It's true. <laughs> she had a black eye for weeks. <laughs> it's like something out of Family Guy. It is. I mean, you can't get in their pouches, but they will punch you just, just for lols. It's like last last week, uh, Leanne was telling us about, oh, you know, all these things never troop. Apparently, no. I guess in some towns, kangaroos come onto your lawns, knock on your doors and punch you in the face. Exactly. Because I heard her say that and went, oh, no, she's on the Gold Coast. Like, she's living it up near the beach where, you know, we, we got the vicious kangaroos. You should really be boxing for a living. They're all rolling around <laughs> Sydney, apparently. Yeah, pretty much. I'm afraid to go to Australia um, now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get mugged. <laughs> Oh, no, it's fine. Like, we have brown snakes in our backyard and stuff, but you get over it, you throw a shoe at them and they go off. You'll, you'll be fine, Joey. <laughs> Just throw a How big is a brown snake? Because, I mean, Leanne was telling us this story about this massive black, red, I don't know, snake, but how big is a brown snake? Uh, the one I saw was probably, I think it was a baby. It was about a metre long. Um, but, yeah, it was the other day. It was terrifying. I had to throw my shoe at it because I was about to kill my cat. And I felt like really, you know how there are people who save people all the time and they're modest about it? I was on like cloud nine all day telling everyone that I saved my cat from a brown snake. I felt really special. <laughs> I have indoor cats. I don't know about the rest. <laughs> I don't trust anything around here. And we don't have snakes up here. Yeah. I mean, um, oh, you. Yeah, my brain just suddenly shut off. I've, I've forgotten my, my, my main host's name. I'm sorry. It's, it's been a really, really long, stressful day. <laughs> it's all right, Joey. My name is Blair, and we can move forward. Awkwardness now complete. <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, yeah, so Blair is probably really not all that much more north on the globe than I am because I'm from Maine, and my fiance and I, we have two cats as well. I don't trust anything in the state of Maine either. And Paula Poundstone was talking about a trip to Florida where she's where if you throw a brick at a spider, well, guess what? That spider has a weapon. I don't trust any outdoor animal ever, so. Yeah, we have a lot of spiders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've heard from a few people, and, and, you know, the size of the spiders is the thing that most concerns me. I, I don't know if oh, they're the lying spider. to me, but. No, the, look, the size isn't too bad. The white tails are the nasty ones. They have white tails, funnily enough. We're very inventive with the names. But I've um, been bitten once, and I still have, like, a vampire scar on my back because it kind of, like, made two holes in my back because it eats away the flesh. But, like, it's fine. And we always have a huntsman or a daddy long legs just in the shower. I've got, like, a shower buddy. So, you know. It, it's you know, fine. It's totally it's normal. Totally normal. Yeah. One, once, yeah. A once a month, you know, I howl at the moon or, you know, I crawl around. But, you know, it's fine. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I don't know why you Americans, like, why are you so upset about these poisonous, vicious animals that want to punch you in the face? <laughs> because clearly your white tails are twihards and they want to be Edward Cullen if they're biting and leaving vampire marks. It's just, that's just wrong. It's not natural. I tell you what, I was so excited when Twilight came out just because it meant that it was cool for me to have pale skin. <laughs> like, suddenly I was trendy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the last two minutes... We learned that you have spider bites, fangs, marks on your body still that yeah, occurred at yeah. some point in the past and no, no, no big deal. <laughs> no, exactly. Actually, that was the, I had a really um, crazy year because I was 17 when the spiders, uh, the spider bit me. That was the same year. Oh no, I was going to use that for my, my, for my truth or lie one. No bugger it. I'll think of something else. That was the same year that a show ride fell on my head. A what? 
a show ride fell on my head. Oh, show ride. Oh, my. Yeah. I, so it was a pretty terrible year. I had um, show rides collapsing on me and uh, spiders biting me. But yeah, it happened. For the North American audience, what's a show ride? What? Serious? A show? Like a, a ride? Like a ride that you ride on. Oh, so like a float. <laughs> no, like um, like uh, Disney World's. Okay. You know how like yeah, and you go on like like a I don't know how else to explain it. Is it like a tram car ride? Sit- Is it like a roller coaster? Oh my god, did a roller coaster fall on your head? That'd be scary. <laughs> kind of like a, it was kind of like a roller coaster. Oh so my god. you, uh, yeah, you sit on it and um, it kind of swings you to the left and the right and then all the way around. And as we got oh, right, okay. yeah. Like a carnival ride. Okay. I get where you're Oh, a carnival. Yes, a carnival ride. Um, yeah, so... Oh, sorry. Go on. <laughs> I'm just marveling at the fact that we're interviewing a superhero here, frankly. You know, <laughs> bitten by a, a spider of size. She's taken an amusement ride to the head. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Live to tell the tale. Live to tell the tale. To sing songs and write books. Now, um... <laughs> To do a small transition here, uh, Tyrolin is incredibly cool when it came to our, our little research section of this. What is it that you get to do for a living? Um, well, I'm super, super lucky. I get to, I'm actually signed to an American publisher, Curiosity Quill, so I get to write books for a living, which is just my dream come true. I've been wanting it ever since I was three. And um, three years ago, I also started up a performing arts school the kids and adults and we sing, we dance, we act. And now I've just started a creative writing class as well. And I just, I love it. I'm so lucky to be able to do what I love for a living because I used to work in law. I was a paralegal and that, oh yeah, bad memories. I'm guessing uh, <laughs> being a paralegal, that meant you had to be a morning person. And I'm guessing you're probably more of a night person like I am. Oh yeah, totally. I had used to have to get up at probably eight to get there at eight thirty AM, which I know doesn't sound that early, but for me it might as well have been four o'clock in the morning. And I it was just I, I didn't like it because you had to help the baddies win kind of thing. So morally I struggled with it. But I became a JP, so that's kind of cool. You know how like in World of Warcraft you have titles? I kind of have like a title now. I'm now Tyrell and Puxty, Justice of the Peace. Which I like. <laughs> so she's got a cool superhero name on top of all of this. Um <laughs> yeah. Now, you've heard a lot of her current accomplishments, um, superhero, uh, <laughs> runs a glee school, uh, published author, uh, and I'm not asking this to make the rest of the world feel bad, but how, are, how young are you, my dear? <laughs> oh, no, I'm getting old. I just turned 24. 24, folks. I guess that makes me a fossil. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm a four at the beginning of my age, so I mean, uh, twenty. You've done so much by the age of twenty-four. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. It doesn't feel like that much. <laughs> oh, I think it's pretty cool myself. That's why I want to do these sort of things. I want to meet humans. Are just incredible people. I, I'm sorry, I got oh, a tangent here, but I, I mean, it's amazing enough to find a positive community on the internet. That alone is like top shelf kind of rarity. But then to find some of the talents that these humans have, it's just, it's un- it, it amazes me constantly. Absolutely love it, love it, love it. 
Yeah, because there's so much bad in the world too. And then you find these little small communities and you see that, wow, there really are genuine, talented, kind people out there. And it just really raises your hope. Yeah. Joey, when, when you found Team Human uh, or even the Geek and Sundry Network or however that you, you uh, came about, how, how did you find them? And, and, and you know, what, what does it mean to you? Well, for Team Human, um, what it means for me, it, okay, it's really hard to, to describe what Team Human means to me because it mean, means a lot to me. I'm, I'm blessed to be part of a community. Um, I'm glad that Senpai also notices me uh, when my name gets said by Felicia because, you know, she's one of my greatest idols. Um, and I discovered Team Human uh, and Felicia uh, kind of by mistake because... I first started Netflix, the streaming service, and I thought the guild actually had real, like, oh, this is like a, maybe a 13 or 22 episode show. No, they're not. There was They were more like feature length. And I was getting ready to go to my very first in-state convention, because I'd only been to one in California uh, at that time, and it was KublaCon, the tabletop uh, convention. And so I got connected with that, and then I was like, I feel, I feel like I've seen her before, and I realized she was on Buffy. And then I realized that she was on something else and more and more and more and more started popping in. And then I realized that she was creating a network. So I started watching the vlog, which I wish just still had a weekly episode like it used to, but of course, you know, right. But um, anyways, so I guess what it really means to me is I have entertainment to look forward to, but I also get to be a part of that entertainment. I also get to kind of be that, uh, I, I'm sorry, my brain is fried right now. I can't think of the word. <laughs> Um, what, this is what happens when you, when you're getting ready to move across country, you have like 10 million things of a list and then all of a sudden you're putting it on pause and it's like a VHS tape. It's, it's threatening to go no matter what you do. <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of like a universal recycling program, you know, as much effort as I put in, we also get as very, almost 10 times back because it becomes something new no matter what you do with it. And that's what it is. That's what it is for me. So you're moving to the West Coast. Uh, which state? I will be moving to Washington. I'm going to be uh, moving to the Seattle area. It'll be my first time living out of state. Uh, so I'm, go- I'm going from East Coast to West Coast. So. <laughs> oh, there's there's some humans in Seattle. I I know quite a few of them there. So, you can always touch base with those guys. And you know, I'm I'm a big I'm a big uh, Wizard of Oz fan. So it's nice to get into the <laughs> city area. Speaking of Oz, let's get back to our Australian. Yeah, list. sorry, I totally just ripped the whole tangent out there because I can't think straight. All right, you gave me the best transition ever. <laughs> and it was perfection. It was like it was scripted. <laughs> it was almost like it was scripted. Um, so, let's talk about your geeky passions here, Tyrolyn. Um, obviously, we got writing. Obviously, we got singing and performing arts in general. I would presume. Uh, why don't you just start talking to us about your passions, geeky or otherwise, and uh, why they mean so much to you? Sure. Um, so on top of the performing arts school, I do uh, songwriting. I'm not much of a singer, but I really enjoy songwriting, and um, I entered it in a few competitions. And in 2013 and 2012, um, my song Mask got into the top 25 of the Independent Australian Music Awards, and I got to walk the red carpet and go to this huge award ceremony with the pot bellies and that was really really cool um and then I won a couple of years later an Australia Day award for it which was really cool but um 
yeah, but that that's just a hobby. That's not really a huge passion. It's just for a little bit of fun and good creative outlet. But if we're talking really geeky, I'm obsessed with Pokemon. Like absolutely obsessed with it. I'm playing Pokemon Yellow again because that just came out. And it's just like I almost want to cry with happiness because I'm just so happy when I'm sitting on my lounge. I've got my cats with me. I've got my Nutella and I've got my Pokemon Yellow and <laughs> I'm just battling my rival. <laughs> Did you Greatest get, visual did you, ever right now, by the way. <laughs> did you get um did you get Mew for the twentieth anniversary last month? No, I didn't. And I'm considering trying the glitch to get it, but um I always feel really bad about doing glitches. I don't know why. I feel like I'm doing something naughty and that I shouldn't be doing it, but I'm I'm gonna attempt it because I really like Mew. Yeah, I didn't get to get Mew either, and I was gonna say if you did, we're we were gonna be at instant enemies because I was trying to get the code for Mew. For my fiance, so bad. But luckily, this month the Pokemon is free. It, it's gifted to you. Oh, seriously? Yeah. That oh was a surprise. God. I was like, great! I don't have to go to like five different GameStops to try to track down a copy of a code and have them be like, "Oh, we're all out." Sounds. Oh, isn't that the worst? Yeah, it's devastating. I went to a midnight um, <laughs> launch one time and like it was just so awesome because again we live in a really small town only like 8,000 people and it's midnight and you can go get a hot chocolate from across the road and you're just all chilling doing Pokemon quizzes and you get to win little toys and stuff just in this little store and it was just it was so much fun again it's just that nice little community of geeks. <laughs> <laughs> we got our, our we all have our own brand of geekery um Pokemon's not something I got into, but Joey clearly is, so that's awesome. Um, and and I know probably a lot of people in this community do. One of my really good friends, Elias Thompson, is big, big into that sort of stuff. So I, I try to learn by association more than anything else. I, uh, I have enough vices. If I ever got into Pokemon, I would really be broke, I think. <laughs> I could actually tell by your face when we're talking about it, you're just a little bit... Yeah, right. Okay. Don't know what's going on. Well, I mean, just, just smile and nod, smile and nod. <laughs> everybody, I mean, not everyone has to like everything, but we all appreciate an appreciation for something. And, 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 totally. and yeah, and I mean, that's really what it is to me. I love seeing people passionate about things. I don't care what it is. Because to me, that's, that's what passion, or that's what being a geek, being a nerd, whatever you want to label us, that's what it's about. It's, it's, it's just about having passion for something. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jeff Muller, uh, wrote an article today about just that, you know, I mean, his, his personal history and, um, and, and, you know, he got picked on a lot and then, you know, he, he really identified as a geek, but you know, if he ever outwardly showed it, he had some negative consequences to it. And, and it took him a long time to be able to kind of live out loud as a geek. And I would have to say I was very similar, um, in, in that sort of sense. So I'm hoping that the younger generation and all generations moving forward don't have to do that. Just, just, you know, honestly, Love with you. Love what you love. Wear it on your sleeve, and don't let anyone tell you how to live your life. Uh, oh, it's so true. And and I see it even with the kids that I work with. Once upon a time, I remember everyone just sort of being so closed-minded and too afraid to share what they really love. But the kids today, they're just so open about everything, and they just really accept everything. And I think it's a beautiful generation. So, how did you start writing? How did I start writing? Um, I was three. And I toddled up to my mama bear and I said, mom, I want to learn how to read. And she said, well, okay, darling. So she went and got um, like little flashcards and I'm there trying to say the, which was a bit more of a t, 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 
eh, kind of thing. And uh, who and how, they were always very difficult, always got those mixed up. But by the time I was four, I could read. And I used to get little uh, 90 cent exercise books and I would write and I would draw pictures. And I started off a story about a little bird with red wings who had a fairy as a friend and an emu and they'd go to like chocolate land and Furby land. And like looking back, I ripped off Enid Blyton a lot. So, uh, you know, my first work was plagiarized, but still, you know, I, I got me. Into I start it. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, start there. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you all, you've known, you've wanted to do this, I would say most, if not your whole life. Absolutely. I, I think, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not really, I don't know if I believe in that stuff, whether it's reincarnation or not. Like I'm sort of spiritual, I'm open-minded, but if that's the case, like I believe I was born to do it because I have such a passion. I went up to a school the other week to talk about it and a lot of the kids said, do you ever want to give up or do you ever get sick of it? And I said, no, there might be a minute where I might get frustrated with some work my editor has sent back or if my publisher doesn't like something, but it's only that frustration for such a short minute and then I go, okay, well, let's make this good. And I just, I have such love for it. And that's why I, I do kind of believe that, yeah, you are meant to do certain things in life. Now, is it true, though, that when you're writing a book, it's, it's kind of like giving birth? Like your very first book that you're sitting down and you're really just trying to write it. It's kind of like birth where you, you're just struggling sometimes. You're like, the character is telling me to do this, but I want him to do this. But he's going to go this way. We have to turn the head around, uh, then we have to get an epidural, because I can't, I can't find him sitting here trying to put it the rest of the chapter. <laughs> you know, you're, just, you're just putting me off childbirth. No, um, <laughs> kind of, I mean, I know writer's block exists, but I haven't yet had it. I think I'm just so crazy. I'm always writing. I'm always thinking of the next thing. So often I can pump out a book in six weeks. It's just, it's a really quick process for me because I can type fast and the ideas come. And there's often been a few books where I read back through it and I actually have no memory of writing it. Like, oh, I don't remember actually putting that part in. Did I do that kind of thing? And I think it's just because I'm so in the zone that it just spills out. It's weird. I wish I could do that. Yeah, that's a gift. <laughs> I, I've tried writing a few things and, you know, I'll write them and they, they, they kind of just like brain dump onto paper. And then anyone I show them to like, this is like all over the place. This is so disjointed. There's no, you know, why is this person acting like this? There's it's, and, and, you know, I was, you should do a backstory and then fully flesh out all your characters, do all these things before you write. I'm guessing this, this is something you don't need to do. You're able to just kind of mind vomit and it all just kind of works out. Is, is that fair or? Yeah, it really does. You'll have to come to Australia and come to my classes. <laughs> I think um, I do. I, yeah, I really do. Yeah, really. <laughs> no, ser like, seriously, though, send no me some of your stuff. <laughs> so just just come wearing like lots of pillows to protect yourself. But no, honestly, you can send me some of your stuff, and if you want, I can give you some feedback and some tips. It's sometimes just the smallest little hint, and everything opens up, and you go, "Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do there." But um, I, I, I have that. tried a technique. What's that? Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So, Oh, sorry. Um, there, there is a technique that they use where you write and if you stop writing for seven seconds, you have to delete your entire work. So whether you're typing or whether you're writing, I'll use it on my kids. I'll say you either rip out your whole page if you stop writing for seven seconds or you delete the whole page. And I'll tell you what, 
it makes the creativity just spill out because you're so terrified of losing your work that even though the grammar is wrong, even though the technique's wrong, it at least gets it all on paper and then you can fix it later. It's just about getting that flow and that momentum. And it really, it's a quite a, it's a bit, it's like torture a little bit, but um, it's proved quite, quite handy. Yep, torture. I would have, I would have to have somebody actually do the deleting for me because if I was to, if I was left to do that on my own, I would still be sitting there like, what can I write? Well, I mean, kind of, kind of one of the big old axioms that you hear a million times is write what you know, and I think sometimes I write in worlds that I know, but I don't know the perspective of all the types of people I want in in those worlds, and like when when I have a a, uh, say a female character. I want to have a proper female character. I don't know what it's like to be a, a woman other than what I've observed, obviously. But I want that character to be just as good as any male character, just as good as any child or, or you know, uh, senior in any story. And those, that's where I, I have my gaps. Is I'm, I'm not, I'm pretty good writing from the protagonist's point of view, but it's all the other playing characters that I have a problem with. I got you. I actually really like what Joss Whedon says because everyone says, how do you write such strong, independent female characters? And he says, it's easy. I see them as human. Yeah. And then you go, yeah, right. And because I write from the perspective of um, males recently, Broken Dolls was through a young girl, which obviously I can relate. I still think I'm 12 years old. Like I don't think I'll ever grow up. I'm kind of Peter Pan. But um, yeah, it's just about yeah writing from the perspective of a human. Right. And that's why I even like writing from a villain's perspective because a lot of the time they can justify their actions. And I think working as a paralegal and getting to know a lot of criminals, I can kind of see that, well, they actually don't think they were that bad or they thought that, yeah, they were bad, but they feel remorse sometimes. Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's good. It's very good. Now, I got a little note here that you're a fan of uh, the Zelda series or at least some of the Zelda games. Yeah, only um, the Majora's Mask and the Ocarina of Time. The others were very disappointing. But um, I even, even the got original? Zelda's little... I'm sorry, I have to, no, I have to interrupt with that I one. Just, the original, no, come on, the original. I couldn't get into it as much, but I took the Ocarina of Time, I even have the little Ocarina, and I learned how to play Zelda's Lullaby and Gerudo Valley and all of that. I mean, it sounds terrible. The Ocarina of Time and, and Majora's Mask are a very similar type of, of Zelda game. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, where you play instruments, you move forward and backwards in time. I, it's, it's. I totally understand where you're coming from. I, I'm old school as well. I, I literally purchased the first one. I, I beat it when I was a kid, and I purchased it for my Wii U. And I, I, I kind of love. I've always loved the Zelda games. I am just dying to get this new game out eventually, one of these days, this year, <laughs> hopefully, before they I get another console out. It's just something so almost romantic about it. Even the Majora's Mask, there's this fan theory that everything Link's going through is actually the five stages of grief. And when you look at it, it kind of makes sense because when they're in the uh, the forest temple, there's that really angry uh, deco tree. So they're showing like there's anger. Um, then there's the sadness with the Zoras. And honestly, you have to look it up. It was just it really blew my mind. And I don't know if it was deliberate, but if it was... I claps for them. <laughs> I mean, some people do the most basic of concepts, and maybe they did. I mean, Pixar has been doing it since their inception. They take just kind of basic human values and they build off of it. Like um, I just I saw the Zootopia movie that just came out on the weekend, and it is so currently topical. It's unbelievable. 
And this is something that would have started 10 years ago. So it's, it's one of those things that, you know, these, these sort of issues, these sort of problems clearly are, you know, they, they, they're going on and have been going on for a long period of time. And the timing for this coming out was just absolutely outstanding. I don't want to talk any plot for anyone who hasn't seen it, but it's it's got a really strong social message, and it's funny as hell. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I'll just plug Zootopia. I loved it. I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check it out. I've heard a lot about it, but I haven't seen it yet. So, all right. You give it the thumbs up. I'll have to go see it. I only just discovered about this movie less than 24 hours ago. I have not seen a preview for it. I, I, I saw it randomly in my Facebook feed. I'm like, Zootopia, it's out doing a Deadpool first day record. I'm like, what? I'm like, where did this come from? I haven't heard anything about it. Didn't get promoted as as, as much as most other Disney films, which I was very surprised about. I, I was able to see it and I was able to eat it up. But I think also I, I tend to avoid mainstream methods of promotion now. Uh, I just happened to watch some sort of, you know, Disneyland's 50th anniversary special or whatever it was and the two main voice characters came out and did a little thing and talked about Zootopia and I was like oh my god and then I started noticing it it's like one of those things when someone says something you start noticing it whereas it's like right in front of you the whole time you never saw it before There's a, that's called a thing and I can't remember what it's called but uh, anyway it's like what my grandfather always says he says if something's constantly advertised then it's probably not very good and I never used to believe him but um Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler that was on TV about 20 times a day for about a month and I don't know if you've seen Jack and Jill but uh I think my grandfather's theory kind of holds up when it comes to that well it was probably really cheap to buy <laughs> so can yeah. play it over and over again yeah we'll give this guy uh, next to no royalties yeah let's play it lots of times yeah. um <laughs> So you, uh, you you have a love for Zelda, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. Um, you also have, you mentioned earlier, you won these awards and these these uh, these music awards. Uh, was it that you just wanted to throw your hat on, see if anything stuck? Or is this, um, is, is it, and I'm not trying to be judging on this question, is it important for you to be uh, valued and, and, and recognized by your peers? Or is this just something that people do to get, to get noticed? Um, I think what it is, I have this unhealthy obsession with needing to accomplish things like if I don't accomplish something every couple of months I get really restless and I have to create something and I have to get it out there I don't know what it is I just I don't know it's a bit annoying because it can be a little bit stressful at times but with the music I had no intention I never wanted to be famous or anything like that because the music industry is really tricky and a little bit harsh and illuminati if you want to go down that path but um yeah, it's it's just for it's just for fun. I, it's just the songs were in my head. I'd go to sleep and I'd just keep hearing them, and it was annoying me so much that I went, "Okay, well, let's get it out." And then just for lols, I entered it in a competition, and yeah, that's just how it happened. I uh, I got to listen to uh, the the songs that uh, Terrilyn sent me on her SoundCloud page, and there's two actually I really like. I love the is it the Nintendo Love Song? Is that properly titled? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one that's played on LA radio. So Nintendo love song and, and my personal favorite is uh, "Sweet Lullaby," which I really enjoy. That I, I think I might use in in post in this podcast because I I really liked that one. It had a oh, uh, like a kind of an evanescence kind of feel to it, which I'm a big fan of that band. So, uh, oh me too. I, I think they. I think you're right. Sorry, keep interrupting you. I was about to say I think evanescence is so underrated now. 
Yeah, well, Amy Lee was is an incredible talent, and I know things got a little weird there with the husband or boyfriend or whatever it was, but I do hope to see her back because I, I agree with you. Incredible, incredible talent. Yeah, I, I agree with Evanescence. They, they were kind of the within temptation of the United States, basically. And it's, it's kind of sad that their legacy has kind of gone down the drain, to be honest. Mm. Well, you know, you never know. Good thing about creatives is they always have that drive to create. Yes, um, yes. All right, Joey, we're going to throw this to you. Joey's going to be taking us through the rapid-fire question round. Rapid fire, we're just going to be throwing questions at Tyrolin. He's got a list. He can invent some of his own. I don't know what's going to happen. So, so Joey, take it away, Tyrolin. I'm sure you understand. He's going to ask you questions. Just answer them quickly off the top of your head. Okay, let's let's do it. All right, Tyrolin, welcome to the show. You're playing for a million dollars. Here's the first $100 question. What was the last book you read? Last book I read, uh, Demon Road. Okay. By Derek Landy. Do you yeah. need to use a Do you need to use a lifeline? What's that? Oh, lifeline! <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost stressed and panicked. It's gonna be really quick. <laughs> and she's already lost hundred oh, yeah, dollars. All right. What is your favorite TV show of all time? Oh, so many. Uh, I really like Seinfeld, Charmed, because I fancy myself Phoebe Halliwell. I'm so happy that Just, there's a. That's how I met. I, I know there. I look nothing like her. I look nothing like it, but it's how I pretend to see myself. <laughs> All right. So with that said, then what would be your spirit animal? Cat, definitely. Cat. All right. I'm, mm. I'll pause this for just a second. What? Okay. If you have to get really specific, is that like a house cat? Or are we talking like big, like jungle cat? Oh, a house cat because they're lazy. They're lazy. And I like oh. to lay around. Yeah. <sighs> She's like the younger female version of me, just in the future in a vampire spider anywho oh, <laughs> doppelgangers we're soulmates <laughs> twinsies <laughs> we'll uh, have to get matching shirts yes all right what's your favorite word my favorite what sorry what your favorite word bird i don't word. actually bird <laughs> Bo- <laughs> Bo- Bo- sorry it's sorry, like really bad connection that. what was it word a word my favorite word. It's Australia. You're in the future. Well, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bad connection. <laughs> um, oh, goodness. Uh, let's just say pretentious because it's a pretentious word on its own. Oh, they're so pretentious. That is a good word. See, I like words. <laughs> I like words that sound very delicious. Like my favorite is a German word and it's Krugerschreiber. And it actually in English, Ooh. it means pen. <laughs> But it it sounds almost seductive, doesn't it? It does. That's why I like it. Yeah, you can lend me your Cuban type or whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well then. All right. uh, All right. We'll get a little bit more deeper here. Have you ever had a near-death experience? And if you have, I totally have. Yes, I totally have. Okay, now this is weird. I don't know what happened, okay? So I was 10 years old and I was jumping up and down on the trampoline with my best friend. I've never been on a trampoline before. I know, deprived childhood. So I jumped up really, really high and I could see um, the roof. And I was like, oh, getting a bit high now. Went down, jumped again, and somehow I did a flip midair and I was coming down so that way I was facing the ground and I was screaming because I was coming down really fast. I'd actually somehow managed to get off the trampoline and if I came down I was going to break my neck I would have died easily so I closed my eye I was uh inches from the ground and then there's just silence and then next thing I know I'm just standing just sort of bouncing very softly 
and I opened my eyes and my friend says, are you okay? And I said, what happened? And she said, I don't know. She said, you were just about to break your neck and next thing you were suddenly flicked up and you were standing upright on the trampoline. And I know that sounds crazy, but I don't know what happened then. Maybe it's that inner superwoman thing. Maybe I somehow did a really quick flip or something. But um, yeah, there's that all the time I choked on the Malteser and it got stuck in my esophagus and I couldn't breathe. So I've had a couple. <laughs> quick, rewind. Hold down the shift key. Make it go faster. <laughs> all right. And finally, how awesome is Toronto, gal? It's what, so, sorry, your microphone's really like glitchy kind of thing. I'm having trouble hearing. How awesome is Toronto Gal? Toronto Gal? Oh my God. She's one of the human team members. A Toronto Gal, I'm feeling really awkward because I'm not too sure what that is. Girl, you just lost some points, girl. <laughs> That's voodoo. I lost my million dollars. <laughs> Toronto Gal is probably our most active and, and, uh, community member and someone who really exemplifies what Team Human's about. I mean, I would suggest after this podcast, finding her on Twitter, finding her um, in the other socials, because she really is the most amazing and positive human being, I think, on the internet. Oh, I totally will then. I feel so bad. I don't feel bad. I mean, you're, you're a new human. You're, you're new to this thing. And um, this is kind of the reason and the, the point of this podcast is to is to introduce ourselves to the other humans and find out how amazing we all are. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, Toronto Gal, I am on it. I'm going to get that point back. Don't you worry. <laughs> she will give it back to you in spades. All right, so now we're going to have a little bit of fun. We call this the suggestion section. And in this suggestion section, we ask each of our guests if they want to play a specific kind of game. If they don't give an answer, we choose one for them. Tierlin, being a performer at heart, definitely provided us a solution, or a solution. A, uh, I guess a suggestion is the proper term there. And we're going to play two facts. So basically, we're going to say two things about ourselves. One of them is the truth, and one of them is a lie. And then we're going to try to figure out amongst ourselves which one's the truth and which one's the lie. So in, I guess, we'll go ladies first. Terrilyn? Okie dokie. Um, I was going to use the show ride one, but now we know that's the truth, so I'll have to uh, <laughs> not use that one. For a while, after I brushed my teeth, I used to rub a banana peel on my teeth because I heard that it would whiten them. Okay, first one. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other one, when I was younger, I was afraid of the sun. Oh, I'm going with number two. You can ask me questions about it if you'd like. I'm going, well, okay, when I, when I say number two, I'm saying number two is the lie. Okay. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, the lie, the lie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go with the opposite. I'm, I'm, I think that she might be afraid of the sun. She did make a, an illusion earlier about her pale skin, um, which isn't as pale as she's trying to make people believe, but she did, she did mention it. So I'm going to think that that's the truth. You were afraid of the sun. Okay. And Joey's going the opposite. Yep. Okay. So, uh, it's a lie. I wasn't afraid of the sun. Oh. <laughs> Set me up but with a pale comment. 
I know, but I did try to put uh, white in my teeth, but uh, spoiler alert, it didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) I bet it made it, I bet it made it really pulpy. It did. I had like really pretty breath for a while. (laughs) All right, Joey, you're up. Oh, my lances. Let's see here. Oh, I have so so much to pull from. Okay. I'll try to keep it simple. All right. Number one, I actually have, lack of a better word, like a cameo in an independent movie. You can see me briefly in the background. Okay. And the second one is that I have met more than five celebrities in real life. They both seem pretty plausible. That's that's the whole point. I'm being tricky yet simple (laughs) at the same time. This is how we play. Well, it also depends what your definition of a celebrity is. (laughs) So are celebrities YouTubers? Are they, you know, Tom Cruise? Well, I'm not like IMDb. I I consider... IMDb might not consider Felicia Day a class, but I do. So I'm... It'll all encompass it with like huge, real, like the popular YouTubers and real life actors and actresses, singers. Yeah. Well, you'd be into like Comic Con and all that, so I reckon you would have met quite a lot of celebrities. So, I'm gonna say the celebrity one's the truth. Hmm. I kind of want the independent movie to be the truth. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the independent movie. All right, so Blair's for independent movie, and Tirulin, you're for the celebrities? Yes, I think. <laughs> All right, Tirulin, you got it. I actually have met more than five celebrities in real life. Woo! Unfortunately, unless, you know you know what? Unless somebody wants to find all of the independent, independent movies released in the, the time that I've existed on this planet and see if I can appear somewhere you go right ahead and find out because <laughs> you know that could be true it's, and i don't know it <laughs> i was in a couple of um i was in a tv show and a movie and oh my god it's so boring like if we're really bad saying that but because i went along just for fun just for an experience to be an extra and you just stand around forever but at least both times I actually pulled me up to say a line and even then, though, it's just this waiting around and the lights and you start sweating. And I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm not up for this. I'd rather ride it, I think. Stay at home with my cats. I did a little bit of work in, in, in a couple different web shows. I was an extra in one, which I had the exact same experience as you just described. I showed up at like 7 a.m. and they didn't even say hello to me till 4. And then I sat in a room and, you know, that was it. Like I was there for you know, 10 hours. And I think I probably did about an hour worth of work uh, sort of idea, but I mean, yeah, it paid me yeah. for all 10. So the, the, the most devastating thing was, um, I was in the killing fields, which is a movie. And again, I was just meant to be an extra, but they pulled me out for like a, like a bit of a role and a speaking role and stuff. And I was like, okay, coolio. And, um, <laughs> I had this part where there was a stunt car driver and you gotta be really scared cause you hear these gunshots. And the director said, wow, you did a fantastic job. And I was like, oh, I'm in, I'm going to be the next Anne Hathaway. Like I've got this. <laughs> And then um, they deleted my scene. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Devastated now. <laughs> was it at least an extra feature on the DVD, though? No, 
the DVD didn't have any extra features. And I was like, you're kidding me. Now people just think I'm making the story up. <laughs> that's half the reason why I buy movies is because I want the extra features. I mean, that's why oh, I get the extended editions of The Hobbit. I want that 12 hours of extra stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Give me the unedited footage, please. Yes. Uh, okay, I guess I'm, I got to do this thing now. Okay. First thing. I once was declared legally dead via drowning. Oh, jeez. Brought back to life by a lifeguard on the beach. Or two, I fell off a hundred foot cliff. Wow, you have like an extreme one. Okay. Yeah, Blair, morbid much? Like, jeez. <laughs> well, you guys were nice and fluffy. I decided to go the other way. <sighs> you went on Stephen I King on us. Yeah, I'm over two. Okay, so I gotta, I gotta take this to a new place. Not that I'm getting any points for this. <laughs> <laughs> Just here to shock us now. Uh, I'll, I'll go the the first one, the drowning. As a lie or a truth? Oh, sorry, as a truth. I'm gonna say the cliff is the truth. All right. Well, I did not drown. Um, <sighs> But I did fall off a cliff. I fell off a 100-foot cliff. I rolled about 50 feet, landed in a puddle of mud. Um, my stepbrother yelled down. He's like, Blair? I'm like, yeah. He goes, are you dead? And I'm like, no. Clearly not, brah. I just answered your question. <laughs> but I did end up with poison ivy. So, uh, yeah, that that's 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 probably my near-death experience was the falling off the cliff. So I uh, figured that's I'd also kind of... Tie that in, and I wanted to bring it to a morbid place because we're getting into the promotional section of it. So, as we mentioned earlier, you've had this this uh, little bit of songs that you do for fun, but uh, the books is really where um, where your meat and potatoes are, and in in particular, the one that you've just recently uh, released, Broken Dolls. Why don't you talk to, talk to us a little bit about Broken Dolls and anything else that you're writing at this time? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Broken Dolls came out in December. And it hit number one bestseller in the horror uh, section, which was pretty cool. It was a dream come true. Um, like we're trying to option it as a movie, but look, that might happen when I'm 150 million years old. So I'm not holding my breath for that. But um, yeah, that, that would be amazing. So the sequel is coming out in June. I'm just waiting to get my cover. I'm so excited. And um, yeah, hopefully in the next couple of years, I've written about five other books but now it's just a matter of you know submitting and editing and getting that all done but yeah where can people find your work uh do you have a website at all i do you can go to tyrolinpuxty.com t-y-r-o-l-i-n-p-u-x-t-y.com and yeah there, there you can see just me posing and <laughs> i've got all my youtube links there you can get it on amazon barnes and noble um oh there's a few other places i think nook you can get it on but um yeah you can even just message me and i can give you a signed copy there you go i might be calling you up on that favor because uh i love <laughs> reading in that world um i yeah my uh there's also an interesting video at the top of her web page that i'll let you guys <laughs> <laughs> nice little story for you guys to to, to bring in and you have a, a short story I believe uh, Chitterbytes if you uh, uh, some sort of subs subscription to your webpage or something like that yeah that's right that's just something I wanted to give back to um, some fans so yeah if you 
uh, subscribe. You can read the first chapter just as it is. And if it's for you, subscribe, and then you'll get a new chapter every month. And um, yeah, and it'll be like a full fledged, it'll be like 50,000 words by the time it's all finished. But yeah, I don't even know where that name came from. Like, what is Chitterbites? I don't know. <laughs> Reminds me of a movie from the 80s, a horror movie, um, the Hellraiser movies. I think one of them were some, like, had that. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm old, okay. <laughs> I remember shit from the 80s. <laughs> hey, the 80s was the best decade. Oh, it was it was an interesting decade to be alive in. I'll I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, Apple social media, where can people find you on the socials? Uh, you can go to Instagram. That's tiralyn.author. Uh, Twitter is tizthunder, T-I-Z. Um, and on Facebook, again, just Tyrolyn Puxty. I've got the hardest name in the world to remember, so sorry about that. <laughs> That's that's actually one of the most unique names I've heard in my entire life, which to me is a very good thing. So I wouldn't be worried about that at all. Uh, Joey, you have any any uh, last things you would like to to talk to Terrell about? Well, okay. So I know that we took a dip back to books, and I just really quickly I want to uh, jump back to the music for a second because you said you've walked the red carpet, you've been to award shows. Have you met any artists that would be like in the top ten, like? You met Britney Spears, Kesha, Beyonce. <laughs> uh, no, not not music artists. I actually had this question from the ten year old kids last week. They're all there going, "Have you met Ariana Grande?" and "Have you met Kevin Hart?" And like, I realized that they weren't really impressed by the people who I had met. So I was <laughs> considered lying to them. I was there going, "Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I've met Katy Perry." But no, um, I have met uh, some actors like Nathan Fillion, um. Uh, Draco Malfoy, Tom Felton. Oh yeah, tell us a little oh, bit yeah. about that Nathan Fillion story. Yeah, no, that was awkward. <laughs> I always embarrass myself in front of celebrities. Oh, it's so bad. Um, I dressed up as a broken doll because I was doing some promotion at Supernova, which is like the Australian Comic Con, and I met Nathan dressed up in like this little tutu because that's what the character wears. <laughs> And I just, it was so awkward. And I said, oh, look, I'm just a really big fan and I want to, like, because he, he started uh, Need to Read for Kids, so I know that he's really into books. So I said, look, I just want to uh, repay you for the enter- entertainment you provided me over the years. I'd love to give you my book. And then he says, oh, well, can you sign it for me? And I was like, what? There was probably 10,000 people there all watching. And it's like, yeah, yeah, sign it for me. I was so nervous, like my pen was shaking and they're going like, the roles have been reversed. I felt so cool for like those five seconds, even though I was in my little tutu with, oh my God. So yeah, signed it, gave it to him and um, yeah, he was really super sweet about it and um, I mentioned that again, they might want to make a movie out of it. And he, he, he said, oh, which role would I play? Would I play the ballerina? You know, joking as he would. <laughs> and um yeah, and that, that was pretty much it. It was actually a pretty decent encounter compared to the one with Abby Lee Miller, who I flashed my underpants. <laughs> that was awkward. Not, it was it was accidental, I should I should just say. But, so, <laughs> well, what just happened? Okay. my open drop mouth right now. <laughs> you, you can't open a door like that and just go, no. <laughs> and move on. No, well, okay, so with Abby, I sat down because she's like on this throne and you have to sit on a poof to get a photo with her. And um, as I kind of bent over, my, sh- my skirt was very short and I kind of bent over a little bit too far and the dress came up. 
and I was wearing granny pants, like these big white baggy pants. And my bum was pretty much in her face. And I was like, this is not happening. So I just sat down and just pretended it didn't happen. Um, which is really lovely. She was like, oh, you got good posture and stuff. So that was a compliment. And then I went, <laughs> so like we just, just avoided the topic. Then I went over to Maddie and I tried to crack a joke because I'd spoken. Her mum was lovely. I really like her mum, Melissa. And I spoke to Maddie. I said, um, I just flashed your dance teacher. And I thought she'd laugh, but she was like horrified. Her mouth just dropped and she's like, don't worry about it. I'm sure it'll be okay. She won't even talk about it. It'll be okay. And I was like, okay. So that was my introduction to Abby Lee Miller and uh, Maddie. Um, who else is there? Oh, I, I did meet Felicia Day. That was awkward too. Not She was lovely, but um, it was pouring outside. So I was a drenched rat. Like I was absolutely so tense. It kind of made my shirt a bit see-through. And I was wearing a Superman bra. So it looked like I was just had like a Superman emblem just all over like that. And um, no, she was, she was lovely, but... Again, I was just nervous and awkward. And, yeah, I just shouldn't be around celebrities. I think you probably described 90% of people's celebrity encounters, so I wouldn't worry so much about it. <laughs> yeah, touche. I haven't had too many. I, I, I worked in an amusement park and for a while, and, and I got to meet I would, a few celebrities, uh, Coolio, uh, Ziggy Marley, just a few of them, lo local sports people, and... Um, they were always, but I had to be professional, right? I was at work, so completely different. I have yet to meet a celebrity that I was, that wasn't at a place that I worked yet, yet. So I don't know how I'm going to act. I have no idea. And, uh, I'm sure it's going to be weird. <laughs> I'm sure going to do something <laughs> awkward, but, uh, anyway. Yeah. The, the only, actually the only celebrities that I haven't embarrassed myself in front of was Tom Felton and Orlando Bloom I had dinner with Orlando Bloom <sighs> and he was lovely. Like it. Yeah, I know. Right. He's I'm getting right comfortable again. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was really, really sweet. It, it was an awkward start, but, um, by the end we had a great conversation because I would like, I'm a little bit cheeky with some questions. So I'd kind of jokingly ask, I was like, so are you in the Illuminati? <laughs> <laughs> and um <laughs> and he got like right into it like we started talking about just like you know the presidents and politics and everything like that and yeah it was a great conversation I didn't want it to end he probably did he was probably like get me out of here but no, it was really nice <laughs> what was the Tom Felton one Tom Felton wasn't anything too special it was just I said oh hi, hi Tom and he goes well hello lovely and I said, like, oh, how are you? And he's like, yeah, good, good. And I'm going to see you around later. Oh, that's a terrible accent. Um, but yeah, <laughs> nothing exciting there. <laughs> well, I can kind of My relate. partner's English and I still can't do his accent. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually relate to the whole nervousness of meeting celebrities. When I got really nervous about meeting Felicia because I had to take the train from Maine all the way down to Massachusetts and everything. And. I'm standing there in line and I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to say like, hi, or introduce myself? And has by then, you know, we've heard, I'd heard samples of her book and she's talked about like how awkward sometimes it is to meet fans in public. And of course, I'm sure she kind of like went through some kind of prep work to get herself ready for it. But in my mind, I'm thinking, oh God, don't scare her away. Don't freak her out. Don't make her cancel her book tour. Don't become one of those weirdos. And I, I remember just, it, it was really kind of fast. She actually remembered uh, the abridged 
series that I had started doing with Grimrock. She actually remembered who I was. You know, she said congratulations to me, my fiance. You know, because we had just I had just proposed uh, to him very recently, and congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and <laughs> I just remember like getting ready to walk away before the picture had been taken, and I was like, oh no no no, I got to get my receipts. <laughs> I got to have proof. <laughs> I actually felt so sad when she came to town. I actually didn't get to, to meet her. I um, went on the, the day of to the store. I don't, I'm not sure how it was where you were, Joey, or if that's how, where you met her, Tara Lynn, but uh, um, you'd go to the store and you were given like a, a number saying you're in group A, B, C, D, whatever the case may be, and those groups had specific times assigned to them. Uh, I showed up with a couple of local friends and, and you know, they grabbed their their their, their their groups, but I couldn't be a part of it because there was one thing I had planned all summer long, and this was before the tour was announced, and that was a, a friend's weekend up at our cottage, and I had to leave that night to go, and I just felt so annoyed <laughs> that, like, I didn't, I, I was going to miss this opportunity, because she, I mean, she doesn't come to Toronto much, she did shoot a film up here, and I think I'm just going to have to get down to LA one day and, and, and properly thank her for all the amazing work that she's done that I've enjoyed for free and, you know, over the years. And, you know, I mean, that, that's kind of the point. I mean, she's never asked for money. I've definitely given geek and sundry what I can, but, um, she's never once asked us for cash. And, 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 and I, I have such a respect for her that it's just about wanting to entertain people and foster positive communities. And, um, I think she's a great role model for anyone who's looking for one. So, Oh, oh, she 100%. really is. Like, I look up to her so much. Like, I, I want to be able to do what she does. Uh, just since I was 14, I think I've been watching her since, just going, wow, this girl's amazing. All right. Well, I guess we've got to wrap this up. Um, thanks, Tarolyn Tapuxty, for joining us here. Thank you, Joey, again, for being my co-host and doing the rapid fire and all the other stuff that you've been doing. And uh, until next time, guys, take care. Thank Peace you so out. much. See you. As a child. Your melody